This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada. eBay Canada has been supporting Canadian small business retailers for 25 years. With their up and running program, you can access eBay's 180 plus million buyers in 190 countries around the world. With up and running, there are no listing fees on up to 200 listings per month, and you only pay fees when you sell. As part of the eBay community, you get real-time advice and inspiration and access to powerful selling tools and insights. Go to ebay.ca forward slash up and running, stay local, and sell global. Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hello, this is Robert Smiley coming to you today with Vancouver's podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Today's guest, Nancy Wood, was a senior business communications specialist in Toronto for several years. In her rewirement years in BC, she has toiled to transform her business style writing into more creative writing, nonfiction essays, prose, and books for little kids. She has written five books for kids, but it was not until an interesting opportunity came her way last year that the first one of her books, The Magical Power of Color, was published. Well, Nancy, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here, Robert. Okay, I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you're from, and give us the details on your current business. Well, I come originally from Ontario, was born and raised in Toronto, actually just a little bit west of Toronto. And my life in the business world, um, where I started out, was in marketing. And I kind of eased over into communications, um, corporate communications for the most part, because it gave me a chance to do lots of writing. And writing is something that I have just really loved for a long, long time. And so in the business world, I was writing everything from speeches for the presidents to um, employee benefits plans to crisis communication plans, um, all very uh, business oriented and somewhat formulaic. I mean, certainly... uh, you know, there, you want to be creative when you're communicating certain things to a specific audience, but, uh, you know, you sort of learn very quickly to write pretty, pretty concisely in sort of just the facts, ma'am, you know, so, um, so I did that for years and it was a, a fantastic career. Um, the one thing I always say to anyone looking at going into communications is that you have to be you have to really like to do detailed work and you have to be uh, totally fine with working on deadlines because it's uh, so deadline intensive. And um, yeah, so, so that was kind of the uh, several years of doing that kind of work, uh, writing for others. And I did that uh, on my own for several years. And then I joined, I worked at a couple of companies as a full-time employee and then a move to Vancouver Island uh, about 12 years ago uh, sort of came at a time with early retirement. I was hard-pressed to even use that word retirement because I was relatively young, but my job was moving to the States and 
even before Trump times, I didn't have that much interest in actually working and relocating to the U.S. And so I ended up out on Vancouver Island. So that, uh, that's when I really started to look at, well, am I going to sort of do the same kinds of things? Am I going to, to write for business? Um, and I really sort of sat back and thought, ah, I'd really like to take off some of the, the formality and just learn to write more creatively, write from the heart a little bit and write about things that I was passionate about. But coming to that realization wasn't sort of an overnight thing. And even if it had been an overnight thing, it's incredibly difficult to make a complete uh, change in style. Uh, you know, I, I used to sometimes think about someone like a Jerry Seinfeld and, you know, we all sort of knew him in his role as a comedian. And if Jerry were to, and maybe he has played a serious role in a drama, for example, it, it would be hard in the beginning to sort of, you know, sort of have him be believable, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So what I'm trying to say also is that it's difficult to make a big style change if you've been writing for a long, long time in a certain, what I would call business style. Okay. Now, did you need financing to start your company and how do you currently make money in the business now? Well, I make money in the business by selling the books, uh, this particular book that I have just created. And um, no, I was fortunate that I didn't need financing because uh, the costs were relatively low. My first book has been a self-published book and it was a bit of a leap to think about self-publishing. I had, I had some hangups about self-publishing, not the least of which is how will I ever get my book into the hands of readers? And, um, but I was lucky enough to meet up with a wonderful woman on Vancouver Island. She runs a company called Island Gals Media. Her name is uh, Joanna Sosha. And she, she was kind of my inspiration and a little bit of a nag. She would say to me, I know you've got children's stories on your computer. Send me some of those. And I said, well, why, why do you want to read those? She said, just send me. I've got a great idea. So I sent her the five stories that are there. And she came back to me and said, I've got an idea. Please just hear me out. And as soon as she talked about self-publishing, I was kind of like, oh, I didn't want to hear that. And um, anyway, I listened to her and I'm really glad I did. Okay. What's the long-term vision and what will your company look like in the future? Do you see the company expanding into other areas and where beyond Vancouver Island or even Canada? Well, that's a great question. My goal is to have my books for children and I gear toward what they call the the preschooler. You know, they're, they're kind of, it's called the picture book format where you've got maybe 500 to 1,000 words in 24 to 34 pages. And my, I'm always interested in inspiring kids with, with the stories that I'm writing and that I tell. And so I would like to think um, when, when I dream big, which is what you sort of have to do when you're doing things on your own, I would like to think that my books could be translatable into some different languages because the stories I feel for the most part should be 
certainly in the Western world, certainly they should be uh, applicable and understandable and fun for kids throughout the Western world. And so, yeah, so I, I, um, well, the first, the, the book that's just been published, The Magical Color of, uh, The Magical Power of Color, is, it's really to introduce children to not sort of the typical color book, like here's an orange and what color is an orange and here's an apple. And because there's lots of books out there to that effect, and there's lots of fabulous ones. This one is more about how does color affect me? So it tries to open up a child's eyes into the fact that color can make us feel different ways. And, and that throughout our lifetime, you know, we could be sitting in a room and, and feel really good about that, that room because if we stand back, it can often be the color in the room. Um, so it's trying to introduce, and I, I use a character of a mouse who's just moved into a new house and it's kind of ugly brown and it makes her feel really down. In this case, I did a rhyming book and because I think it works well with kids and for the adults who are reading and rereading and rereading, it's just more fun. If you can rhyme the words, you can ham it up a bit when you're reading to the little kids. So, um, yeah. So the kind of feedback I've had on the, uh, on the book is that it really helped kids think about colors in a fun way, but also in a, yeah, the color kind of makes me feel good or makes me feel yucky, you know? So um, I try and I get inspired by something and then I'll go out and I'll, do a survey and see, well, are there books already written like that? And, and not to say that that space can't allow for more than one book on a topic, but I want to bring something that's different. Um, you know, so in the case of the color, I wanted, you know, kids to think about it's, it's, it's fun and it's okay to like different ones and to feel differently about certain colors. And I also did a little bit of a play not a play on words but there's there's a, a little thing where the mouse goes to visit her friend and she finds she's green with envy because the friend's house has all these whimsical colors and uh so even to get kids thinking about green with envy or i feel blue like it's you know you think about the way we speak we use color often to describe our moods even as adults mm -hmm. yeah. yeah absolutely okay what are the biggest benefits for you and being an entrepreneur in Vancouver Island? I want you to give us some of the good points about starting a company there, but I also want you to give us some of the tough things or challenges for our listeners so they can keep an eye for them. Okay. Well, the good points are the Vancouver Island, and I don't know whether it's the demographics because we have a higher proportion of people of retirement age. There are a lot of people who are writing and doing artistic things here. So it's a very supportive community. Um, you know, to, if you do something, there's a lot of enthusiasm. Um, now, enthusiasm doesn't always translate into, into money, but people often know other people and they'll say, you know, give me a copy or send me a copy or tell me about yourself and what you're doing and I'll, you know, introduce you to someone else. So there's that, that nice kind of connectivity. In my case, for example, if, if I went the more traditional route with children's books, and I tried this with, a, with one book that I wrote, the very first book for kids that I wrote about eight years ago, and the traditional route would be to send your manuscript uh, to 
children's publishers, but you don't blanket children's publishers or any publisher, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure some of your listeners know about book publishing. You send your tran- transcript and you wait to hear back. It's, it's very poor form to blanket and send to, um, <clears throat> excuse me for a second, <clears throat> sorry. Um, it's, it's poor form to send to several all at once, several publishers. And so getting back to the point, it's one thing to um, sort of, uh, sometimes I feel like we're way out here and I'm writing back to publishers, or at that time I was writing to publishers in Toronto, New York, and London, England. And sometimes I felt that, hmm, I wonder if they just see me as, you know, a provincial person out there. You know, like I, sometimes I felt away from kind of the big city. So that, um, I've questioned sometimes if, if, if would it make any difference if I was in, let's say, back in Toronto, or would it be worthwhile to get on a plane and go have some meetings? Well, you know, you have to still, you still have to have your manuscript accepted before you could go knocking on a door and say, hey, I'd like to sit down with you and talk about this great book that I'd like to publish. So, um, you know, occasionally I might have felt that I'm out of the mainstream but as cliche as it sounds, we're so connected these days um, through the internet. It's amazing. Um, so that's not that's not as big as a problem as I'm maybe making it out to sound. Okay. Now we do some of our best work outside the office. Is there a place on Vancouver Island close to where you live or work where you like to go recharge or get inspired with ideas or just think about your business or even writing? And does it change with the season considering all the rain we get here in BC? Ah, uh, that's funny. The rain. Yes, I have had to get used to the rain. But you know, I, I, just an aside on that, and I guess uh, a convenient connection to the topic of the first book, color. Um, what I love about the rainy season, and I try and tell people, I it's so green, it's so colorful because the greens this time of year are greener than green, and. Uh, as most of us who've lived here for a while know that our summertime actually is a time of drought and things get rather brown by July. <laughs> so I, I don't mind the rain, but back to your question, I get inspired when I walk out the door and I breathe, there's a freshness of the air on the coast that I find inspiring. And add to that, for example, today I was walking along the coast in Oak Bay and the mountains, uh, the Olympic mountains on the U.S. side were just spectacular. They were snow-capped and the sky was blue and there were lots of early rhododendrons blooming. And I just, it sounds funny, but I can walk like that in that environment and get all re-inspired about, you know, what I'm doing and how, how I'm going to do it. And um, so that's one place. And the other place, because I really have an interest in writing for children, even though I do like to write some essays and it's always fun to get something published in like the Globe and Mail, for example, that's, that was fun. Um, I like to, I have a couple of grandchildren now and I find when I'm hanging with them, they do things or they ask questions that get my mind going in a way where I think, oh, I wonder how I could say that in a story that would, that would help other kids understand. Or um, here's just an example of 
uh, I went to listen to a, a talk that was hosted by Tanya Miller. I don't know if that name rings a bell with you, but she was the conductor of the Victoria Symphony for 10 or 12 years, young, dynamic woman. And she ended her tenure, I guess about two years ago. Anyway, toward the end of that, uh, there was a fundraising evening where she was talking to young women, it, trying to inspire them in their, you know, as they looked forward to their careers about how her, how, how she'd become a conductor. And I was just completely inspired by her. And I went right home and I wrote a story for kids about all based on Tanya's life. And, you know, she had wanted to be a concert pianist and something happened physically to her hands and her dream was kind of shut, you know, closed down very, uh, early on, maybe in her 20s. And so the next best thing for her was to become a conductor. And there weren't many women as conductors. She didn't have a lot of role models. Anyway, getting back to my inspiration, that story just came out of me quickly. I, and then the next day I contacted her. I didn't know her personally, but you know, that's part of being an entrepreneur. You have to, you know, you have to take the the courageous, you have to make the courageous calls and emails and whatever. And I asked her if I could send her something that I'd written. And I said, you know, would it, would it be possible? How would you feel if I, if I were to publish that story? And she said, you've got my blessing. And um, so it's one of the ones that sits in the vault, so to speak, but uh, that's where I get my inspiration. I, I, um, it can come in many different places because I think, Oh, what a powerful story that would be for a young kid um, because her life was really neat and she grew up in a really interesting place called Foam Lake, I believe in, oh dear, it was Manitoba or Saskatchewan, I should know, but um, who knew a Foam Lake? Think of the fun you can have about Foam Lake, you know, so mm -hmm. anyway, my inspiration comes in, in just everyday life. This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada eBay Canada is powering Canadian small businesses. Go to ebay.ca forward slash up and running to open your new global e-commerce business. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or are wired differently? Mm. Oh, that's a very good question. I think that, I think they're wired differently. It's a huge general statement, but just in terms of thinking a little bit more outside of the norm and so you know kind of well you know if, if an entrepreneur might be thinking about something let's say i'm thinking about something and i think oh you know i could never contact that person or whatever as an entrepreneur you just have to go ahead and do it like you just you have to kind of get over that part and and just go do it in my case it's always easier with the written word um, to make a phone call to someone is is really difficult if i haven't to make a sort of what I would call a cold phone call. Um, but yes, I think that entrepreneurs have to be prepared to think differently and maybe not just always follow the rule book, like, oh, I shouldn't do that. That would be, maybe that's a bit forward or a bit rude or whatever. Um, so yes, I think, I think there could be some different wiring. Um, I think entrepreneurs, um, and by the way, I don't, when I compare myself to some of the guests you've had on the show or some of the, I just watched a feature of um, Howard Schultz, the you know, former CEO of, of uh, Starbucks. I mean, 
those are entrepreneurs of a completely different magnitude. So I don't, I don't put myself in that same category, but I think if you look at an entrepreneur as being someone who's looking to fill a need, that's sort of how I look at it. So if I'm approaching that with writing a book or writing an article, I, I say, well, that's, as far as I know, that hasn't been written before or that angle hasn't been taken. And so if it's someone, an entrepreneur with a product they're taking to market or a product they're going to develop, like today I saw in a store, I saw a sock, a wool sock made in Canada. It's a little socket and it was in the fruit department beside the avocados and it was an avocado sock. Now, for all I know, you've probably interviewed that person who invented the avocado sock. And I just got the biggest you know, giggle out of it because I thought that is really cool and it's guaranteed to ripen that hard avocado within a day and have it ready or whatever. You know, of course, you could use your, your sock at home, some clean sock, but the fact they made these really cute, really cool socks and had some very enticing copy on them. I love it when people are creative with their copy. And I thought that's really entrepreneurial to to sort of know that everyone's, you know, had that thing where they brought home an avocado and they really wanted it for tomorrow, but it's hard as a rock. And um, so anyway, there's a very long-winded answer, but um, yeah. If you weren't doing what you do now as an author, what would you like to do for a profession? I would like to act. I did um, amateur theater in high school and in my early 20s when you know it was much easier to work all day and then go memorize lines at night and do some local theater and it's always something that I feel I haven't quite developed and I'm not sure I think that time is um, you know it's a little bit age sensitive (laughs) so mm, that ship may have sailed but I'm answering your question very honestly okay what kind of a job would you not like to do Oh, I, there are many. I would, I would have a, a very hard time doing um, sort of a bookkeeping accounting job. That would just not be good for me. Um, and I would not like to um, lead mountain expeditions, uh, hiking expeditions. I like to hike, but not up high mountains. So that wouldn't be for me. <laughs> okay. In business, what is your favorite word, quote, or sentence that you like to use? Ah, in business, my favorite quote is never give up. Okay, it's pretty well self-explanatory. What is your least favorite word or sentence you do not like to hear? A term I absolutely can't stand because it's overused and I just have never really liked it from the beginning is reaching out. I just, and a lot of people who might be listening might just roll their eyes and say, what's her problem? I just don't like I, I, I see so many emails. Hi, I'm just reaching out to you. No, just hi. I'm, you know, how are you? Like, I'm reaching out. I, I just, I think it's one of those overused expressions. And, you know, you can look at every few years. There's always one that gets used and used. Another one these days is curate. I, I don't know. Maybe because I, I am in the writing business, I start to spot something and I think, oh, my goodness. The, the word is just being used all the time and not necessarily always in the best way. And it's just being overused. So um, yeah, that okay. w- reaching out and curating, I think we should move on to new, new words. <laughs> okay. If you had to pick one or two words to describe yourself, what would it be and why? I'm resourceful. 
um, and I'm tenacious. So if I, it's a bit of a joke with some of my friends that if you need to find out something like, you know, about the island, let's say, or about traveling somewhere, I just love getting on the computer and researching and I get a real kick out of that. I really do love to do that. And I am tenacious. They'll stick to it if I'm interested. And the other thing is I'm that friends would know, people would know about me. I'm a little bit fanatic about customer service. And so I, any time in my life where customer service was involved, which was pretty much all the time, I really like to give good customer service. And in turn, I kind of expect it. And I'll, I think nothing about writing if, if I think, you know, a company needs to kind of review something. So, uh, and I've had pretty good success at it. And I'm not talking about just being, you know, a grumpy old consumer, but I really, I really, if I take issue if something is, you know, if, if it's just mis, misrepresented or um, whatever, I think people should be treated well, all customers. And um, so I'm a bit of a fanatic about that. Okay. What keeps you up at night, if anything? Ah, <laughs> what keeps me up at night? Hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I think one thing, this doesn't necessarily keep me up at night, but I am, I am disheartened by, you know, on one hand, I've just told you how much I love the access that we have, you know, to the whole world through our connectivity on the internet and so on. But I'm really disheartened by the level of uh, discourse that's going on and that, that I, I, I hope that we can find a way to become a little bit more civilized or to make sure that people can't really say things online unless they're prepared. They can't hide behind some assumed name. Um, now that wouldn't stop still a lot of people who have no problem, you know, using their name and saying what they have to say. But I just, I, I still sit back sometimes and try and imagine if, if that same group of people were sitting in a room face to face, would they mouth off the same way that they do on the internet? And that kind of, that worries me a little bit thinking forward, like thinking how, how could something so good become so vicious in certain ways? And um, I think about the little kitties coming along and how are they going to manage that? Um, so I, I do give a lot of thought to, these tools that have liberated us that we can work anywhere in the world, anytime. Um, I hope the little kids don't just sort of have memories. As my daughter said to me the other day, I don't want my little boys, her little boys, that is, uh, to just have a memory of every time they looked up, their parents were like looking down at their phones, you know, and I was aware of that the other day. I took one of the little guys to a little gymnastics class and a couple of times he looked over at me and I, I was sort of, I caught the tail end of the look because I was looking down at my phone and doing something. So I just put it in my pocket. You know, I'm as addicted as the next person, but I do, I do give a lot of thought to where's this all going, you know? Okay. I want you to give us the top three things on your inspired life list. This can be a bucket list of any sort, whether you want to do a TEDx talk, travel more, write more books, philanthropy, anything like that. 
Um, I would like to write more books and get out and actually read them to children, like not just my own grandchildren and their friends, but I'd actually like to get out and read them to kids. I would love to do a TED Talk. haven't quite figured out what, I, what the topic would be. And getting back to the acting, I think I'd like to do one play. So I, I think, you know, even though I mostly shut that door, I might just open it a little bit, a little bit more. <laughs> See where it goes. You never know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you have any advice that you may have received that you can pass on to entrepreneurs throughout British Columbia? Oh, um, just know that the world is our market. Uh, BC is BC and the people here, I think are, are well viewed across the world as being sort of a creative mixture of people and uh, that live in this quite inspiring uh, part of the world, uh, the geography, in spite of the rain, just a very inspiring place to live. And just keep dreaming and put those dreams into action. That's like, don't give up and, and just keep on going. Okay. Nancy, are you ready to have some fun? I am. <laughs> okay, great. This has been fun, though. This has okay. been a lot of fun. Yeah, well, it's about to get a lot funner. So oh. here we go. As you know, Entrepreneurs are very busy people. We're always connected. We're always online, emails, chats, you name it. We're always in touch. We're going to take you away from all that. There's a small tropical island just off of Fiji that only has one phone booth there. There is no internet. This place does exist. We're going to drop you off there. You won't have a computer, a smartphone, or a tablet. You can use the phone booth located there anytime to call the boat. We'll come pick you up. How long would you last before you made that call? What would you do while you were there? Oh, now you're, now you're going to get at the chicken side of me. Well, because it's Fiji, the first thing I would do is get in the water. I love water, and I know the water around Fiji would be really warm. And I know I'd find a place where I could, I could see what's at the bottom, so I could kind of be looking for the beautiful things and the kind of not-so-nice things. And then I'd get nice and warm in the sun a bit, and I'd watch that sunset. And I'd probably watch the stars come out, but I think I'd be making the call when it got dark. I, okay. I just am not the best alone in the dark. <laughs> okay. So, but I'd be so grateful for that day alone on the beach. I really would not, not just drop you off in the morning and dinner time to come get you. <laughs> sort of dull, huh? It's okay. You know, it's just where your comfort zone is and what you want to feel you can, you can do, but uh, it, Probably a beautiful day. Get make the most of it, right? So well, and I go. hope I'd come back with a story. There like you go. Any old story for kids or adults or whatever. I'm sure. Or I would. an idea for a new book. There you go. Yeah. Okay, we're going to wrap things up. How can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today? Well, uh, listeners can get hold of me through my website, nancyseagerwood.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y. S-E-A-G-E-R.com. And uh, I would just like to congratulate you, Robert, for what you're doing because the podcasts are inspiring and you're helping to get the, you know, the stories coming from uh, British Columbia out to the rest of Canada. And that is wonderful. So thank you for what you're doing. And thanks to all the entrepreneurs who 
are doing great things that I had no idea how much, uh, how many fantastic things were going on in, in our province. So yes, there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot, a lot of entrepreneurs. I mean, everything from tech to great authors like you to yoga studios, you name it, right across the board, cereal companies, shoe companies, we've had them all online. So I know um, there it's, it's it makes you pretty proud to be from BC, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. absolutely. So thank you. I just feel really honored to um, have had the invitation to be on, on your podcast. Thank you. Well, thank you. Okay. Thanks for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Thanks, Robert. See you next time. Okay. Bye-bye. This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada. eBay Canada is here to help. They've been supporting Canadian small business retailers for 25 years and their up and running program is getting Canadian businesses online today. Visit ebay.ca forward slash up and running. Stay local and sell global with eBay.